1: This is Issues 2018. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Sedgwick County Sheriff Jeff Easter. Welcome to Issues 2018. Thank you for having me. The recent uh, NCAA basketball tournament at Wichita's Interest Bank Arena is being called a success by many. Tell us about law enforcement's effort to to make that a safe weekend for visitors to Wichita. Did you have an involvement with it? I know the police department did.
0: Yeah, it was a great event. Uh, Interest Bank Arena uh, employs sheriff's deputies off-duty to work inside there. We had about 20 deputies that were uh, stationed inside and around in Trust Bank Arena to uh, make sure the visitors were safe, Uh, the folks from out of town that came in town were safe and had a good experience.
1: Yeah, and it brings up a basic question I've wondered about before, maybe I've asked you about, and that is, within the city of Wichita, I do see a lot of... uh, uh, Sheriff's Department presence. Your deputies are are pretty prominent. I mean, a lot of uh, in traffic situations and so forth. So how do you do that? Do you how many of your guys, your people, do you put inside the city limit and while well, you're out running around in the county?
0: There? Yeah, we we have you know different sections. So We have a warrant section that's picking up people all day long, whether they live in the city or out in the county. And our substation is also. In the city of Wichita. So when deputies are driving out to their beats out in the county, uh, they encounter different issues, uh, car accidents or somebody that uh, committed a traffic violation. So they're making car stops. But for the most part, they're out in the county. Early early in the morning,
1: and this is not a daily occurrence, but almost, there is some sort of a chase, a pursuit going on. A lot of times, Sheriff's involved in that. I, I know it's that, that uh, you guys will scare somebody up and then it's everybody after them. <laughs>
0: Yeah, there's – we've really looked at our uh, chase policy, and, and so we've started kind of limiting what we chase on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but traditionally, you know, third shift hours, there's not a lot of traffic out uh, except for the criminal element. And so that's where we see the majority of our chases is on third shift. Yeah, and me. I'm out there, too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So how would you characterize your working relationship with the Wichita Police Department? Oh, it's good. Yeah. Yeah, we work together on uh, different issues. We're uh, partners, of course, on the training academy. Our narcotics uh, sections are uh, combined and some other things that we work together on. you have
1: regular on. meetings or anything, or it's just an ongoing working It's just an ongoing work How about
0: neighboring counties? Uh, yes, we have real good relationships uh, with the neighboring counties. Uh, we uh, work with mainly Butler, Reno, and Sedgwick County. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Sumner County. It's okay. Uh, on... Uh, different issues that arise because we have a, highways that, it, that go through each other's jurisdiction. Uh, so again, when we have car chases, uh, those type of things, we'll have uh, crimes that were committed in one of those counties and we arrest in this county or vice versa. So we have a really good working relationship. I, I really look at this as more of a regional policing effort anymore because our relationships with the um, cities out in the county are very good, and they have to be because we rely on uh, those cities uh, to provide additional resources for us on calls, and we supplement them on calls. So those relationships are really good.
1: Talk, talk about how you uh, handle internal affairs and how
0: you help other agencies in their investigations. Mm-hmm. Well, if a citizen or somebody within the department files a complaint on a uh, deputy Uh, Of course, those are fully investigated. Uh, They can be uh, investigated by our professional standards unit uh, or by the supervisor in charge of the personnel. It all depends on what kind of complaint it is. Uh, And then those particular complaints, once they're investigated, all the facts are determined. If there's discipline that's going to come out of that, then it goes through a chain of command up to me uh, to determine what discipline will be imposed. We have been asked by other agencies uh, to do internal affairs investigations for them uh, because they don't have the resources to do that. So we do, uh, on occasion, do uh, or conduct um, internal investigations for other departments. Do you go to
1: outside agencies for your stuff, though, the, the highway patrol or anybody like that? Not or? for internal investigations. Not okay. No. Okay. Have you made uh, a concerted effort to be transparent? And
0: by the way, what does
1: transparent mean <laughs> to you? <laughs> uh,
0: I believe we actually absolutely have. Uh, we're very uh, a lot more open with the news media on information uh, that we're providing. Uh, we have uh, uh, used to be when we had officer-involved shootings, um, you wouldn't uh, see us really put out much information or any type of evidence that we had gathered Um, we have changed that philosophy Uh, what you see now is uh, maybe not the entire video but uh, snapshots of that video because it's still evidence and that's still a case that's being investigated uh, to be presented to the DA's office I think where we become very transparent is unfortunately we have individuals uh, that make mistakes uh, that happen to wear a uniform Uh, we don't hide behind the badge um, they get treated like any other citizen would if they commit a crime, uh, and we tell the news media about it. Uh, they're going to find out anyway,
1: probably some way or other. Yeah. Uh, and in that regard, let's, let's face it—that's a way for you to kind of control uh, what yes. goes out, too, because you have legal ramifications for every piece of information, right?
0: Well, yes. You know what a lot of people don't understand is is that, especially on uh, the internal investigations, why we can't talk about those. Uh, those officers or deputies have rights as well. Uh, And so I got to follow employment law. Uh, I have to, uh, you know, in some of those cases, people have filed lawsuits against us. So uh, I have to uh, navigate through uh, what information we're going to give out and what information we're not because of a pending lawsuit uh, and because of the protection of the employee. So Yes, it's it's a tricky uh, kind of place to be at because you want to be able to explain to the citizens what occurred, that we're holding the individual accountable, but we can't give all the information because of everything else that's going on.
1: We talked about this, uh, I think last time we got together, and that's the opioids and prescription drugs mm-hmm. having a huge impact on health in many places across the country. We had a, a figure thrown out yesterday by, I believe by Fox Network of a uh, hundred. Overdose deaths a day in the United States. Mm -hmm. Amazing. How how about Sedgwick
0: County? What's going on here? Well, uh, it's here. Um, The heroin and opioid uh, issues are here. Um, We're not seeing it at the levels that some other communities are seeing it at. But these were communities that were similar to Sedgwick County that then were just inundated, uh, and they're just overrun by the epidemic. Mm-hmm. So what we've done, uh, actually yesterday, we had a, I put together a meeting of uh, health professionals, addiction service professionals, law enforcement prof- professionals, uh, and had an opioid um, meeting. Uh, what that meeting was about is to come up with ideas uh, to look at, <clears throat> to try to implement. Uh, so that we can maybe steer uh, this epidemic away from the Cedric County area hmm. uh, before it gets here. And so uh, it was a very, very good meeting. Uh, it, you know, There's different programs that we're looking at across the nation to try to implement here. Unfortunately, in some of these communities, they implemented them too late, so now they're trying to play catch-up. Yeah. I want to try to get ahead of uh, the curve and implement some of these programs now uh, so that... Hopefully we're not hit as hard as some other communities. Give us an overview, if you would, on,
1: on the impact of illegal drug abuse in the county,
0: all illegal drug yeah. abuse. Um, the, the biggest drug that we're facing right now and have been for several years is methamphetamine. It's, it's the biggest drug that's in the market here in Sedgwick County. Uh, Drugs drives almost probably ninety percent of the crime that that takes place in Sedgwick County. So your burglaries, your larcenies, all your property crimes, uh, most of those are drug related because they're trying to feed their addiction. Uh, A lot of the homicides uh, that we have are drug related as well. Uh, A lot of the domestic violence type crime is drug related as well. And so you, you still have those crimes of passion or opportunity that take place. But ninety percent of the crime in Cedric County is drug related. Ninety percent. Wow. Seventy-three percent of our inmates that are in our uh, jail uh, are substance abuse addicted.
1: Mm. Seventy <laughs> percent. Another problem is uh, human trafficking. How, how, how do you define
0: that? How do you? Uh, what well, you the care? way it's defined is is that uh, kids under the age of sixteen uh, that are uh, either influenced or taken uh, and. Brought to other jurisdictions, or sometimes we have it where they stay right here, uh, and they're put into the sex trade. Uh, that is mainly how that occurs. There's other type of human trafficking um, when you're talking about uh, immigrants and those type of things. But what we deal with most here is the uh, illegal sex trade involving human trafficking.
1: If you if you, there's a parent out there right now, all oh, my my kids run away, and she's she's 13 and she's run away. Uh, I'm sure nothing will happen, but could Gravy, that's the one you need to be really that's the concerned, one we, about, we concerned about, aren't you? we are concerned about, yes. Okay. You're listening to Issues 2018 on the Intercom radio stations, and our guest is Setway County Sheriff Jeff Easter. You know, uh, local schools have had problems with threats on social media. Mm-hmm.
0: As you know, does the Sheriff's Department get involved in that? We do. Um, we actually provide a uh, safety mechanism for actually anybody, businesses and or schools, Uh, where we teach active shooter training uh, to individuals uh, that reside in those places. Um, Of course, we go through every year active shooter training with our own personnel, how to respond, how to react, those type of things. Um, Yes, we've had uh, some complaints out in the county, uh, some threats that were made. Uh, It always seems to happen after a major event like what happened in Florida. Uh, and this was no different. I think there was probably about three different threats just here locally uh, that came in uh, of potential school shootings that could take place.
1: Those kids, uh, I guess they don't understand that once you put something out there on social media, it's out there. Yes. And, uh, but, you know, I think about it, too, though, uh, Sheriff. You know, when I was a 13-year-old kid, I was pretty, pretty naive and pretty dumb. And uh, I, I know you, you can't be lenient with these kids, but Wow. That's pretty serious business now. I didn't make serious mistakes like that. Yeah,
0: I you know, I I was pretty naive in high school as well. And, you know, I have uh, four kids myself, and none of them ever uh, did anything like that. I I think there's times that some of these kids that maybe are um, outcasts, maybe have been bullied, uh, this is a way to get attention. um, But it's not the right way to get attention.
1: You know, there's been a, a lot of criticism of the way law enforcement responded to that shooting that killed 17 at that Florida high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of second-guessing there. What, what are your thoughts on that,
0: if you have any? <laughs> well, um, at the time, I was outraged, to be real honest with you. Uh, I, I couldn't believe that a um, deputy or a law enforcement officer would react that way. That's not how we train our people. It changed um, after Columbine and all the issues that were raised there. Uh, our training changed. And, you know, it used to be you, you'd have to have at least two or three to enter the building for cover and all those type of things. Uh, we're training now. Once you get there, you're going in to stop the threat, period. Um, and, you know, in, the, in this uh, profession, uh, you know, there's a lot of we take there's inherent risks with this profession. You know that when you put the badge on. Uh, our uh, main goal is to protect life. And in those particular cases, that's what we're going to do. I'm going
1: to let you stick your neck out for a long way on this one. Uh, okay. There, there are people who think that it might be helpful if in the schools uh, the teachers or some of the teachers were trained and had and were uh, armed in the school just for this
0: kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Is that something that – is it a good idea? Is it a bad idea? Or do you – what do well, you think? I think it's up to each one of those individual uh, school districts on uh, how they want to handle it because each community is different. Um, me personally, uh, because we have carry concealed, and as long as uh, those folks are properly trained and, and, and you know if they wanted the sheriff's office to uh, come in and train on that, um, I do know that if you have someone uh, in there that's armed, it's probably going to end a lot quicker than waiting for law enforcement to show up. Uh, to Even end. if it's just by three minutes mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, right? I mean, just the most recent one in Maryland, yeah, unfortunately, two people were shot, but 17 weren't because there was an armed police officer in that uh, and uh, building. And school resource officer there, mm-hmm. then, right? Uh, yeah. And those cost money. Uh, we've had school resources officers for years. But with, you know, budget cuts and everything else, school resource officers out in the county went away. Uh, and so if, you know, I, I think it's up to the individual school district. Uh, but uh, I'm not against the idea if you have a well-trained uh, teacher uh, on staff uh, that they want to arm.
1: Then you mentioned the uh, the Kansas laws have changed a little bit about uh, concealed carry. Can, is it illegal for me to to put a gun on my hip and just walk around in public? Yes, with it is. It? Uh, I, I put myself in the shoes of a of a, a law enforcement officer, and I'm thinking whoa, I see some guy walking, and the first thing I'm going to do is i got to keep a real good eye on that fella. you can't, But you can't even ask him, can you?
0: No, it but, was a huge culture change when that went into effect. Yeah. Now, you know, we haven't had that many issues, believe That's it or not. True. I, I thought we were going to uh, with encounters between police and individuals carrying guns. Um, but you have to consider, too, most of the criminal element is carrying the guns hidden. Uh, and that, that's always been an issue uh, for law enforcement. And, you know, we, we train um, for folks to encounter uh, force with force, and if you're not, uh, you know, pointing the gun at us or anything else like that, yeah, you keep a little bit of an eye on them because you know they're armed, uh, but I think it's it's the last couple years here it's, it's gotten less and less now. Um, the thing for the citizens that was very hard to understand was they could call, you know, they called in and said, "Hey, this guy's walking down the street with a gun." Well, that's legal. We couldn't contact him unless they did a criminal act, mm-hmm. um, or were someone that uh, we felt was going to do a criminal act by their actions. Uh, I will tell you the one issue I I have with that whole law, though, and then and it is controversial. Um, I don't believe uh, we should be allowing individuals to carry rifles down the street like handguns Uh, rifles are uh, much more dangerous go a lot further uh, the rounds do uh, and have uh, usually more rounds in them than semi-automatic handguns so um, that luckily we've we've addressed a couple of those issues that we were having and I haven't seen that for a while now
1: beyond a recent well-publicized incident in Wichita is swatting a problem for local law enforcement
0: that's the only case that I'm aware of that's happened here, uh, and also in the state of Kansas.
1: So no, the answer is yeah. The answer is no,
0: <laughs> and you hope
1: it won't. And be. I hope it's not. Yeah, it's going to. And that goes kind of back back on the dispatchers a lot. They they're going to have to make sure that they well, call their. Yeah, that, I, I'm not going to. Yeah,
0: I know. But get good. into that issue, <laughs> uh, whatsoever. That's an open case. Yeah. Um, but there's there's a lot of things there that. I mean, if if a SWAT we'll call a comes in, at.
1: those dispatchers have a burden to. Trying to make sure, or I, they can't really make sure, but uh, there's a lot of pressure on them. Talk a little bit about training for your deputies overall.
0: Well, you know, we uh, just built the uh, brand new uh, law enforcement training center, uh, which is a state-of-art training center. In, in, uh, Wichita State University. At Wichita State University, along with the police department. And WSU is housed above us on the third floor, so we have access to students now. Um And, you know, we have uh, 24 weeks worth of training. Uh, The state only – what they're – they make us do is fourteen weeks. So if you go the to the minimum, is 14, minimum okay. is fourteen weeks. So KLATC does fourteen weeks worth of training. We do twenty four uh, because we want an all encompassing of everything that we face in this community to be trained on. Uh, so I think we do a wonderful job training uh, our deputies from everything on uh, how to write reports, how to enter, uh, personal communication skills, um, how to deal with people with uh, mental disabilities, uh, those type of things. How's a body cam? Program working out? Well, we we have it in the jail, and then we have about five out uh, on the streets. So you don't and have
1: oh, you don't have everybody. No. Okay,
0: okay. No, it's a major expense, and uh, we're looking at it now to see how we're going to uh, afford that in the next year or two.
1: And was it was it you and I, or maybe the district attorney, talking about body cams and and. The evidence that is generated by them. Somebody's got to keep track of all this evidence. And yeah, that's man. probably the district attorney because yeah. it, it <laughs> has tripled their work. Yeah, yeah, they've got to get a workload there. Uh, tell us about the Sedgwick County Detention Center, the jail. Uh, any problems with crowding
0: still? Oh, we're overcrowded. Uh, <laughs> You've as of,
1: overcrowded since they opened a the door. Yeah. You know,
0: as of today, we're 62 deputies down. Um, we're at uh, crucial uh, manpower issues is what we're having right now. Uh, so our folks are uh, working twelve and sixteen hour shifts. Some of them six hours or six days a week. Uh, it's a, a, a huge problem for us. You have to understand that a to, a whole shift for us is seventy five people, uh, and so we're down almost a whole shift.
1: And so, how many total uh, inmates? What's the population generally um, on that?
0: Well, uh, as of today, it was twelve forty five. Twelve forty five. What's it built for? Twelve hundred. Eleven hundred. Okay. Is it always that overcrowded? Is it always that many? We're usually about 215 to 260. So why don't you just
1: go in there and just take every every other one and let them loose? There are some
0: programs that the county does. There is, but uh, you have to understand that 74% uh, of those folks in there are pretrial felonies. Folks aren't staying in there for... There's nobody in there that's been arrested for uh, a possession of a dope charge. Those folks are out right away. There's really nobody in there that's uh, arrested for a property crime, a felony property crime. All these folks are violent uh, individuals that have been arrested for violent crimes, uh, and it takes a judge to release them or for them to get bond. And a lot of these folks you don't want on the street. Okay.
1: Now, you provide, of course, we talked about the deputies, we talked about the jail, but also uh, do you provide... uh, Uh, officers for the courts, right? We do. And how many people are involved in that part? Uh,
0: 24. Okay. And we have several courts that we have to protect, um, the judges, the defendants, the uh, attorneys, uh, and we just added four personnel uh, because we didn't have enough people working up there either. So uh, you're going to go back
1: to the county. Well, I imagine It's not a matter of funding, then it's fine finding
0: these people. Oh, it's a matter of finding them. I mean, with uh, yeah, uh, and you know, I I know you're in the media, but um, with some of stuff that happens uh, over the last eight years, and some of it was self inflicted with what uh, law enforcement's done uh, in different communities, but uh, with the betrayal from uh, the media on some of these issues, uh, with you know, the fact that we do a lot of good things never really makes the media, even though we try to uh, put that out there. Uh, a lot of folks don't want to be cops anymore. Uh, and one of our bread and butter was folks would come to us in the jail uh, to, because they wanted to get their foot in the door to become either Wichita police officers or Sedgwick county deputies. Well, if they don't want to be cops, they're not coming to the jail anymore. Uh, and so that's the biggest problem that we're having. Uh, and we're trying to change that image, and and really go out there and, and recruit. But um, we're hurting you know, right now. As
1: many stories as we can do about blood drives, or you know, mm-hmm. at Christmas time, you guys doing your part and all that. Mm-hmm. Still. Uh, the media works that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the if the it bleeds. Do- <laughs> the man bites the dog, yeah. or whatever, yeah. and you, you know yeah. how that works. I oh mean, yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. And and we
1: just try to give you a fair shake. I guess it's no, we're and right.
0: I think we get a fair, sh- a very fair shake around here. But I understand. But it's Don't the national you media person? that is. Oh,
1: and a young person out there. Ooh, mm-hmm. Okay, so what's is there an answer? <laughs> Not no, an easy we just one keep trying.
0: Yeah, uh, tre- try to to you know influence the younger generation that this is a a uh, worthwhile career uh, that uh, you, it's a great career and, and try to get uh, folks in the door and you know something that's not just you there
1: uh, throughout industry throughout business there are people my age we call them the baby boomers and really we're kind we're not really retiring yet but mm-hmm. when, if we all decided at once it'd be a heck of a shortage for you
0: well and, and to be honest with you uh, in the law enforcement profession there's not too many well, baby true. boomers that's left that's true that's true they were yeah. so they've all much retired okay
1: now what's exciting on your planning board you got anything there
0: (laughs) well uh, you know we have have some
1: positive days yeah oh yeah yeah,
0: absolutely (laughs) Uh, you know we put together a strategic agenda where we're looking at internal and external communication and so we got uh, very excited about the fact that we have a individual that's uh, doing our uh, Facebook and Twitter and, and all those type of things to get those positive stories out there, but also to alert the public uh, when there's issues that have arisen or we're working major accidents to stay out of the area, those type of things. And that's been um, very well received by the public. Mm-hmm. So that's that's something that uh, we're very proud that we were able to put together and, and get installed. How are you go, going back to the uh, county commission and
1: saying I, we need more money? Do You do that every year, though.
0: No, no. Well, <laughs> we, we try to be judicious about it, oh, sure. um, and uh, you know, to be honest with you, to try to help with some of the issues that we're having. Uh, one of the things that uh, we're looking for this year is uh, uh, to change uh, our work performance appraisals to more of a step uh, increase, which would be a raise for the deputies. Okay.
1: All right. Well, uh, just uh, speaking for myself, and every time I've been, in, I've encountered a sheriff's deputy, it's been. Not necessarily a bad experience. Well,
0: that's a good thing.
1: Probably because at the moment, I wasn't breaking the law. (laughs) (laughs) Just like today. What a coincidence. (laughs) All right. Hey, thanks for being with us. Always good to sit down and talk about what's going on with the Sheriff's Department. Of course, our guest is Sedgwick County Sheriff Jeff Easter. And that's all for this edition of Issues 2018. We'll be back next week. And thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh. His
0: karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician.